Hey everyone, welcome to Three Sheltered Girls, the show where we talk about our sheltered Christian upbringings and how they influence the fabulous women we are today. Today we're talking about evolution. Like like when your Pokemon go from level up, like Charmander to Charizard? No. That's evolution, right? <laughs> uh, no, the process by which different real things like bacteria, plants, and animals are thought to have developed and diversified from earlier forms during the history of Earth. So not Pokemon. No. 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 But Digimon, though. Uh, oh, no, yeah, no, 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 yeah. no. That's no. Digivolving. Yogi? No. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Okay. Poke-Digimon. Po- yeah. Okay. We're hip! When they want to make a baby, one cow climbs on top of the other cow, and they join. What if your kid decided that she just wanted to be a cat? Sarah, can you name a Mariah Carey song? I will always love you. And I said, nope, that's a Whitney Houston song. Hey, what about just the occult junk in my room? Should I destroy it? Oh, absolutely. And scene. It was immediately seared in my mind that, you know, you can turn into something by reading something. Very sheltered girl. That's not what it's And then we come back and I say, I'm Jessica. I'm Ashley. And I'm Sarah. And we're Three Sheltered Girls. Okay, let's get into this. Awesome. So, I want to start out talking about our experiences. So, here you go. Tell me a story about an experience with evolution and creationism when you were growing up. You go Do you want me to go first? Yeah. Whew. When did I not experience creationism <laughs> versus evolution? You know, I sat down and I did the math where um, I thought about, you know, it's like the year 1995, whatever. I don't know. What were you, like two? That's not 89, girl. So I was like six or seven. We'll say, we'll say I, was like, I was like 12. So how do you do the math there? That's and, not 95. <laughs> okay, so like 98, no. 2000. 2000. 2000. Okay. Okay. You're 2000. And I'm so sorry. My neighbors are being weird. They're playing the bongos outside, I guess. What is happening? They're are they really playing the bongos? No, they're doing bullshit shit. Okay, well, I'm going to go join them. Bye. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like, that sounds fun. I need your perspective. <laughs> so, so let me start over. Um, they sound fun. It was a year. It was probably the year 2000, maybe. And, like, I did the math, and I, I realized, like, 2,000 years ago was 0 B.C. or whatever, and that was the year Jesus was born. Can you imagine how much time had passed between then and now to for 2,000 years. 2,000, right, 2,000 years. <laughs> and I did, and I was thinking to myself, like, surely if we regress another 2,000 years, like, we wouldn't even really be humans. Like, this is my logic, right? <laughs> okay. So that's how, that's how my young earth, and it's like, surely 7,000 years is plenty of time for earth to have been you know evolved or whatever it is to the way it is today which kind of fits with you know the holy number seven mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and uh it kind of fit with you know god created the earth in seven days at first this was just my my reasoning well he created in six on the seventh he rested, rested right because rest is important yeah, yeah so this last thousand years he's been chilling yep and so and let me tell you, that thought process carried with me for a very long time into high school. My first speech that I ever gave in English class, I think it was in the ninth grade. It was middle school. And you bet I did my research. I had like three books with the little tabs, all of them on variety, like different Aww, types of creationism books. versus evolution. Oh, yeah, because we didn't have strong internet back then. Google. I had like a few, a slew of them, and I gave a presentation on creationism versus evolution. And... I was the coolest person in class. Oh, how? Why? Why was that? That was a joke. I was not cool. But it sounds like you were in public school. Yeah. (laughs) But it sounds like you. I think that was ninth grade, eighth or ninth. It was definitely middle school. It was like the. It was ninth grade because 10, 11, 12 was high school. Okay. What was kind of sorry? Just real quick question. What was the response? There wasn't really one. Okay. So, like, the thing is, the books that I read, they actually gave pretty good backgrounds and um, some scientific terms, and I used them. And so you could just see people's eyes glaze over in class. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, but don't all high schoolers and middle schoolers do that anyway? So, do you really think that was your fault? It just sounds like a regular class. It really does. <laughs> Jess teaches; she would know. Yeah, and I gave another speech like that in high school over the same topics, and people came up to me and said, "I'm not going to lie; I couldn't follow what you're talking about. <laughs> you are so smart." And I said, "Thank you." <laughs> And you bet I put that in my back pocket. I bet I converted a few people over to my creationism mm. side. Maybe. Oh, Ashley? So the key thing I remember growing up in a Baptist Christian school from five years old to 18 is that evolution, bad, God, good. That was essentially it because I don't, I don't have a whole lot of history with evolution because it was just never around me and i i remember thinking that if somebody believed in evolution that for a brief moment i did think they were like crazy i was like but evolution there's no possibility there's no way (laughs) (gasps) who do you think you are we're not monkeys that's insane but Mm -hmm. i i honestly don't remember having a here or there about it i don't remember rude now, there are some monkeys outside right now. That's what I'm hearing. They are they, moving around trash cans or something. That is what I'm hearing. They're playing the bongos like monkeys do. Yeah. Anyway. Is that what they're doing? I don't know. <laughs> I don't go out there and make friends with people. I stay in my little apartment no. and I drink beer. And that's fair. Yeah. So I don't remember there being a lot of um, explanation as to why we didn't believe in evolution. We just didn't and we didn't follow it and if the word darwin came up then it was negative and if you saw the darwin bumper sticker with the legs <gasps> outside of the jesus fish it was a bad car i remember and that you, oh yeah <gasps> no i i remember seeing a lot of those and i don't remember why it was so much more prevalent then maybe nowadays people don't have bumper stickers much on their car because it definitely devalues the car i mean do you remember mm-hmm. like but, the bumper sticker and cartina like fad oh absolutely i do i remember seeing some of those bumper stickers and being like <gasps> They don't believe in God. I remember it's so that. bad. And that, I remember associating those with different things. But I never I never learned who Charles Darwin was. I never fully understood evolution. But I do remember one thing. I remember thinking in high school, if people used to talk one way, in English class, I remember thinking this, they used to talk in this like very, what sounded like very formal speech. And now we have so many slang terms for different things. In my mind, I was like, well, that's evolving English, the English language or language in general, because we were also learning Spanish and we learned in Spanish that there were slang terms in Spanish, but it wasn't always the case. So I remember thinking, well, language evolves, fashion evolves, um, hair, like hair grooming, like women used to not be able to show their ankles. Now they can't. Like, I remember thinking, isn't that called evolving but we don't believe in the theory of evolution. So I remember thinking, being confused about what the two were, if that makes sense. It does. No, I remember having <laughs> the same question about languages as I was growing up and yeah. thinking like, well, if all of these languages are like, they're called the romance languages and they have yeah. a common ancestor and that's changed that much. Yeah. But, and this is kind of a recap but uh, you grew up in a private school, and in a private school, there's no requirement to teach evolution. No, in fact, right. it's like the only thing that you teach. We even had Bible classes, so the only thing that is taught is creationism. Right, right. And I kind of went from a private school to a public school. So mm-hmm. in my private school and at home, uh, it was just creationism. That's what you get. And don't talk yeah. about evolution, because if you talk about evolution, then you are probably going to hell. And <laughs> that that is kind of how the school yeah. made me feel. But I did have some teachers that were like, "Well, yeah, keep thinking, keep keep right. trying to to investigate what it is you're trying to say." And that kind of feeds into my experience that I was going to yeah. talk about because my <clears throat> first experience, like really getting into evolution, was probably in sixth grade, where at my Christian school, my science teacher did this assignment where we had to debate creationism versus evolution. And the students who researched and debated on the creationism side basically just recited Bible verses, whereas the students who debated the evolution side had to go and do all this research because we knew nothing about it. And I was arguing Pangea, like that all the continents were one big continent originally. And 
we won that debate hands down, <laughs> mostly because we had done all of this research, sure. which was so much more persuasive than the other side had done. Um, and I'm pretty sure the science teacher listened to the b- debate and was like, oh, crap, oh no, <laughs> I need to jump in here. And then I, re- I vaguely remember doing an extended thing on intelligent design, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Sure. Um, but then in public school, like I was expecting to get more evolution in the science curriculum. And I really didn't. We talked about natural selection. We talked about genetics. But that whole, like, my mother explained it to me, that evolution is the idea that man came from a monkey. yep. That, we Uh, did not talk about that, really. And it wasn't, you didn't see Darwin's chart of man turning into monkey in the textbook either. Oh, Darwin is a cuss word in my school. That's honestly how it felt, was that if you said the word Darwin, you were going to get a demerit and probably go see the principal. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how it felt. I'm not saying that actually happened, but it kind of felt like if you even had an inkling of curiosity toward Darwin's theory of evolution that you might get in trouble for it. I had a different experience just because I went to a public school and, um, you know, they, they feel personally attacked as a <laughs> private school person in this room. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't, I don't mean to feel, make you feel attacked, but I mean, you know, they did talk about Darwinism uh, and, uh, Oh, that's so weird. You actually say the word Darwinism. Like, that's, it's almost yeah. like a religion, it sounds like. Like, you mean, it does. I'm mm-hmm. a Darwinist. Like, that's, that's not what it was. It was like, here, <clears throat> here's a theory of evolution. Here are some contributors to it. Charles Darwin, and they explained some of the holes in his theory. And what really kind of started to, like, plant the seed that maybe my seven-year-old Earth idea is maybe not the best was uh, <laughs> the concept of microevolution, where they could see on a on a smaller scale life forms evolving or adapting, and that's where I first started changing my stance to like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I can, I believe in microevolution, but I don't believe we came from monkeys. And science doesn't even support us coming from monkeys. I think that was almost Christian propaganda at some point. Like, we branched so, off. But. So, before we get, like, because I want to come back to this. Okay, later. sure. Before we get yeah. too far down this line it. of thinking, I want to just introduce some background and research here. So, in preparing for this episode, I did a little bit of research on the relationship uh, that Christians have with evolution specifically. Um, and what I was kind of surprised to learn is that Christianity and evolution aren't necessarily at odds. That definitely was not my experience. It yeah. sounds like it wasn't the rest of our experiences. But if we're kind of zooming back and thinking about this big scale, um, s- just a couple examples here. Since 1950, three popes have made statements acknowledging that Catholic teachings on cr- creationism can coexist with evolutionary theory i read that too Mm -hmm. several found that really interesting i did too uh several protestant churches such as the united presbyterian church united church of christ united methodist church and the episcopal church actually agree with those statements to varying degrees saying that they don't think inherently there's a conflict between uh creationism and evolution Mm -hmm. specifically Mm -hmm. that the two can coexist and that they even kind of enrich each other um one example here um the lutheran the evangelical lutheran church of america doesn't like as a whole say this uh but i went found one quote from a pastor saying that god created the universe and all that is therein only not necessarily in six 24 hour days and that god actually may have used evolution in the process of creation so it's kind of thinking about <laughs> the creation story as like an av- allegory and i thought this was really interesting that like the six-day progression of the creation of the world loosely kind of parallels how evolutionary theorists think that life progressed on Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I first heard that theory in in high, late high school, I think, because it wasn't as taboo to talk about those things. I wasn't attacked mm-hmm. for talking about creationism. Sure. And, um, and obviously people who believed in evolution weren't attacked either. But the people that believed in both, and that was like the first time I saw the merging of the two was um like you know people that are like i believe in creationism but also evolution and they and they explained that to me it was like well i believe god had a hand mm-hmm. in having organisms evolve and i was like that's a really cool way for everyone to win i like hearing that there is a little bit of an open mind to just an idea of not just this is what happened that's it 
Okay, so going back into the research here to talk about the demographics of who believes what. This is from a Pew Research study that was conducted in 2013, and it showed that about a quarter of U.S. adults believe that humans and other life forms evolved, but that evolution was guided by a supreme being. So that's like a quarter of U.S. Americans in 2013 kind of having this perspective that evolution and creationism can go hand in hand, that evolution could happen, but there was some sort of creator God who guided the entire thing. Mm -hmm. However, that same study showed that a third of Americans reject evolution entirely, and the majority of that group are white (laughs) evangelical Protestants. Our Can families. you just explain everybody how shocked my face is? <laughs> Pretty, yeah. <laughs> how shocked? Yeah, no, there's no shock there How at all. shocked like, this is my is, face? This is expected, right? That's a whole other topic. Yeah. This is us, people. <laughs> so, according to the Pew Research Center, nearly two-thirds, 64% of white evangelicals say that humans and other living things have always existed in their present form, while roughly one in ten white evangelicals, 8%, say that humans evolved through natural processes. On the other end of the spectrum are the unaffiliated, a majority of whom, 57%, said they believe that life evolved through natural processes. Okay. I'm trying to understand. Sorry, go ahead. Like, what is it? Let's just talk a minute and, like, pick apart. Can we we say it much slower? So so two-thirds of my stupid brain needs this to be slow. I got you. I got you, fam. Say it like I'm a five-year-old. So we have a group of Christians... Guy right, of white evangelical Protestants. Two thirds of those say that we are the way we've always been, that God okay. formed us from the dirt. <laughs> okay. Then. Here's the other funny thing. They weren't there. Well, none of them. <laughs> none of them. That's, that's what I'm saying. Which is the root of this whole I thing. I know, I know, I know. But that's that's that is something and that's that's gonna be a whole other discussion yeah. that we can't get into today. But that's another thing that bugs me is like I'm one of those people where you dive deep enough into something that if you just can't get an answer, you have to be okay with it. And some people just want to argue like they know fact whenever they weren't even there, whenever mm-hmm. it happened. And that's yeah. kind of how this whole evolution thing feels to me, evolution versus creationism. Because even if there is a beat, like, 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 even for those that believe that there is a being, right? Those of us, and, and I'm included in that mm-hmm. because I do believe in God. But the thing is, is that those that assume that we've always been the way that we are, I I can't believe that because I can't believe that I am a spin image of Adam and Eve, especially whenever there's like six foot, seven foot other men out there, <laughs> women that are much taller. Like, there's no way that I am a spitting image of Adam and Eve. So here's a funny thing. That's uh, what... <laughs> I um, I was actually, and it was until a very old age, that I rejected any idea that we were anything but um, made from clay. Like, you know, God... Sure. Like, I, like, humanity existed because God pulled us from the clay, right? God made us, formed us in a dirt, breathed life into us. And I believe that... And then whenever I realized that there were only two human beings responsible, and at some point their kids were in- I know exactly what you're going <laughs> Well, what else was there to do? And uh, <laughs> at that point, I was like, well. Uh, I did try to justify it that maybe God had his hand in it for a while to keep, like, genetic defects. And then once it became populated enough, he was like, all right, this is weird now. so i just i can't imagine that with the variety of 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 people and colors and and genetics and you know biodiversity out there that we are a spitted image of adam and eve i feel like we all have the same nose yeah for sure Mm -hmm. no no i'm saying if we were we would all well i mean am i I wrong to say no but it's like even if it's an evolution it to is. me then seems the most likely theory, even if we started out with, let's say, two ancestors in the past, that after people moved out over different geographic continents and exactly. adapted to different weather and stuff, they would look different. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and, and different, you know, atmosphere. Like different but that's evolution. Parts of the, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm <laughs> right. saying is like those in that statistic that you guys just five-year-old read to me, the, the 8%, <laughs> the 8% that legit think or was it the eight percent yeah the eight percent that think that we li- remember right? i'm still not gonna get this that think we legit have have 
always been as Adam and Eve have been. No, is, no, no, 64%. 64% believe 64% that. 64% of white yeah, evangelicals say humans and other, okay, other living things. The second you guys finish this sentence, that sentence is dead to me. Let's start there. <laughs> let's just, I mean, let's just, let's just cut it there. Okay? Let's just stick with that. Okay. 64% okay. of Christians believe can I go back in the time of 2013 and punch these people? So that, <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense to me. Because how would we have so many different heights, like like hair type, gen- just genetic I mean, mock-up of different diversities? Kind of, kind of to they, Jess's uh, point, like that kind of is the argument for evolution, ironically. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, that's why those that believe that the two, like what the Pope said in 1950 about the two can co- can like cohesively mm. exist... I think we just made an argument for why that's true. <laughs> I think I unintendedly, in a, in, a, in a bout of frustration, trying to both think out loud and also not be too stupid, figure out how in the world people can think that we've always, like, Adam and Eve are us. Well, let's go into that because I right, don't believe so- Adam and Eve were five foot because I'm five foot and that's upsetting. <laughs> If God was like, no, she doesn't get to be like them. That's not fair. <laughs> well, before we move on, can I also add that I think it's ridiculous that, like, there's all that stuff in the Old Testament about people living really old to be really oh. old, like Methuselah. Oh, Methuselah lived to be, like, almost a thousand years old. Don't even get me started because that infuriates me. I'm like, why do I only have a short lifespan? Why did they get to live so long? Dude, I could talk all day about Climate that change. Yes, actually, what was it? The the idea that the atmosphere changed after Noah's Ark, the world flooded, and it changed yeah. the atmosphere forever, and therefore dinosaurs killed off and people Okay, so shore. let's, let's well, go there. Let's go there. Because yeah. this has been... Okay, so this argument, this argument about, like, whether there is a way to scientifically teach creationism and whether that, which is what is called intelligent design, should be taught alongside evolutionary theory has been like an ongoing thing that educators sure. and politicians try to bring into the curriculum regularly. But before we go into kind of comments about that, I just want to point out um, <clears throat> that even though that debate continually recurs, the Supreme Court has struck it down on numerous positions blocking the teaching of creationism or intelligent design in public science classes. So just to break down these arguments real quickly here, those who argue that teaching creationism or intelligent design, uh, that that should be done alongside evolution, their basic argument is that teaching both would promote academic freedom and encourage teachers and students to think critically and to question long-held scientific theories and explanations. Which so basically honestly, be more open-minded. Be more open-minded, yeah. yeah. And honestly, like, I'm sure we'll come back to talking about this later, but that was kind of my experience, that, like, having evolution and creationism side-by-side side encouraged me to question and be a little more uncertain and think about how they question work together. Both. Yeah, like, okay. question both yeah. alongside each other and then just, like, not accept it as just not accept evolutionary theory as this is how it is without kind of thinking, do I really believe this? How does this work for me? But then to kind of just explain the other side of it, those who oppose these laws that we should, again, that we should teach uh, creationism or intelligent design alongside evolutionary theory, specifically in science classes, um, they oppose these efforts because they believe that teaching creationism or intelligent design would replace scientific fact with religiously based notions in the classroom, which then would leave students with a gap in their understanding of life's origins and development. And I found this really interesting quote um, by John Cook, who's a research assistant professor at the Center for Climate Change and Communication. Uh, He said, misconceptions can give students the the false confidence that they understand a phenomenon when their understanding is actually faulty. In the worst case, it can stop people from acknowledging facts. And I thought that this was interesting because I think like as a young kid, if I had been, if, if, if I had just kind of like accepted intelligent design is like, hey, here's one set of facts that could be equally true to this other set of facts, then it would have devalued the whole idea of empirical fact in my head. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of one of those people where, like I said, like, I've, I've kind of accepted the fact that I might not get all the answers to everything in life and in the universe and things like that. So 
I, I kind of sometimes accept what I know, but I understand that there are going to be some people who want to poke holes in theories to kind of come up with their own mm. individual individualistic ideals. And that's what I think is kind of interesting between the church and evolution and any theory about the earth. And I mean, there are those that think that the earth is flat. So, you know, like there's all kinds of theories about the universe, the earth, the everything. And so I feel like Okay, but yeah, like, the, but the Earth is flat, you know. Yeah, like that's, that's a this is where we get incorrect. into that thing where it's like not all theories are correct, you know. No, like no, there's no, some but, just bullshit out yeah, there, right? But that's what I'm say saying is like, bullshit. but the people who believe that aren't going to agree with you, right? That's, that's the whole point. Yeah. But if we were to teach kids, like some people <clears> think the Earth is flat and some people think that the Earth is round, but then see, it would. It's almost but like see, that's whenever you would definitively show with evidence that it's not. Flat. And I think so. I think there are some areas. Sorry, hang on. Sure. There, there are some areas where you can poke holes in a theory and prove its falsehood. Mm-hmm. But I do think that showing the cohesiveness of creationism and evolution mm-hmm. shows that there are infinite theories that can de- evolve <laughs> evolve from those two being cohesive. So I guess it, the to just as point here i think a little bit like not all value not all theories are correct and i know that you're not arguing that all that all theories are correct oh the earth ain't flat right like the earth, i know the earth <laughs> is not flat but like it, it's it's very it's obvious the earth is not flat like we have proof that the earth is round and you know obviously that's a that's a debunked theory the but there's there's an argument to be made for um people against creationist teaching creationism in that there is evidence for the theory of evolution but there is not evidence for the theory of creationism except for except for gaps within the theory of evolution in my school though like what they taught was they didn't necessarily teach um how creationism is compatible with or intelligent design is compatible with evolution they taught evolution and its theories and what it is and then they taught creationism and its theories and what it is um, they didn't really talk how the two could in- intermingle as like a way of everyone wins. A lot of people kind of came to that on their own. The cool thing, in my opinion, um, cause one of the gaps that evolution does have is it doesn't explain the origin of life. Mm-hmm. And that is where creationism can fill in the gap for, for it does for a lot of people. And I don't think it's a far fetched thing for Christians to use that and lean into that. So. I, I did read a Forbes article. I'm trying to pull it up. I don't know if it's going to pull up. But there was an author of this Forbes article from um, 2017 um, that it says it, it's from Ethan Siegel, which Siegel, I uh, want to give proper cred, but kind of goes into, and I'm just paraphrasing here, kind of goes into the idea of, well, if evolution truly is how we kind of evolved, then how is it that in terms of just the universe entirely, how is it that the earth so perfectly revolves around the sun with not much of a degree of difference in terms of shifting? How is it that Jupiter is perfectly placed in the solar system to help shield any kind of meteorites or like, you know, any kind of asteroids, things that are coming toward the earth's system that could penetrate us at a much faster rate had Jupiter not been there? The argument for creationism is that the earth, the universe and all of its infinite design is so structured that it seems almost impossible that that could have just burst into the air to be so perfectly aligned with how the earth revolves around the sun, how the moon is the structured moon for earth. And, and I, and I do agree to an earlier point of that, like, you know, with, with client, with climate change, like we have kind of created that within ourselves as we have evolved as humans but as far as not just human life but as far as the universe and earth entirely and all of the moons and the suns that that revolve around the earth and how we haven't been able to find whether there's intelligent life on other planets that it seems almost impossible to believe that evolution created such a perfect solar system because if that were the case then it would keep evolving to where we wouldn't have so much structure around our planets well and that's like i think that that right there is an example of the basic argument of intelligent design that the like the world we live in and the universe is so complex and so 
like beautiful in its intricacies and how it works together that like how couldn't there be a god to create that and i know sarah that you've done much more research into intelligent design than i have and so i'm wondering if you would be willing to like talk a little bit about what you know about intelligent design yeah so there's been and and this is kind of piggybacking actually off of um some of the things that you said ashley and i just found this forbes article and i found it really interesting so you have way more experience than i do yeah i read you know I, i like i said before I was well versed in my little um, speeches for for classes mm-hmm. and whatnot, and I did read a couple of books on it. And Do you so, remember any of those? Oh, for sure. I oh, mean, cool. I don't own them anymore. I definitely sure. got rid of them a couple of moves ago. But um, so I can't. Oh, are you asking me to remember the name of the title? No, no, no. no. I'm just content? saying about your your speeches and the content yes. that you created. Cool. So yeah, one of the pieces specifically mm-hmm. it was kind of to your um, your point. Bees. How mm-hmm. how is it bees know? That the, is it a hexagon? It's a hexagon, six sides. Or is that a pentagon? It's a hexagon. Pentagon? Hexagon. Pentagon is five, I think. Pent is five, hex is six. Hex, hexagon. Yeah. Okay, thank you. So um, he- a hexagon is able to store the most amount of materials um, within it mm-hmm. um, using the least amount of materials on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how do they know that? Like, mm-hmm. was it by accident? Like, did they just, like, trial and error? Like, in... in the idea, like, you know, they, they use the least amount of, um, resources of, of wax to create these hives and they've just created an incredible, um, system. Another argument for creationism is the eyeball because there's no, uh, legitimate explanation for how an eyeball evolved, uh, to date anyways. Um, they can't really explain, like, what at one point, like, everything was blind. So what gave it, like, what in between? Color. Like, between well, yeah. I mean, dogs are kind of the in between for between blind and color. If that makes sense, because they don't see color. Sure, anymore. but like, um, but the but between no eyes and eyes, like how, like why? Sure. Yeah, and I mean, we could. I remember taking my first evolution class in college while I was still very much in the creationism camp, and just like being ready, like okay, we're gonna learn about evolution. Yeah. I'm ready to poke holes in it, <laughs> and thinking about like the books and the movie that came out, like God is not dead. You know, where the student yes. stands up in the evolution class and says, "God is not dead," right? Sure, I'm like, I'm yeah. gonna be that <laughs> never saw it, but I'm yeah, sure I'm like, it's I great. mean, I wasn't like, I'm gonna be that student. To the point that maybe Sarah would have been in that I, class. I was literally that student. But, <laughs> but I, I think you would have been that student in the in the in the sense is that you know you wanna you wanna poke holes yeah. to kind of investigate. But you I was like ready. To like I was yeah. ready to poke holes. Sure. And the one thing that I remember asking a question about that my professor then kind of got excited about answering, which I wasn't expecting, <laughs> was um, this idea that like there's this gap, like you were talking about Sarah, where if we look at this theory of evolution. We don't know how a single cellular organism could evolve into a multicellular organism. At that point, this was like 2007, no one had answered that sufficiently yet. And it was a question that was not addressed in our textbook, and I raised it, and I posed it to the teacher in front of the class, and the whole class like kind of leaned forward in their seats, right? Now I'm probably imagining that because their their eyes were glazed over. (laughs) As we've discussed previously, all students' eyes are glazed. But the professor got really excited, and the professor was like, that is such a great question and it illustrates the fact i love professors i know right and he was like it illustrates the fact that evolutionary theory is a theory that's still evolving itself and this is like through the scientific method we don't know this answer yet some people would hop in here and say like a supreme being must have intervened here or we could look at it and say well we just don't know yet Mm -hmm. and maybe we will know in yeah. the future, as science continues to develop. Um, yeah. So I got really excited. About no, I find that there, really but... interesting that your professor was excited to not know. Mm-hmm. And that, that I think, kind of expands the ideas of different theories about, you know, us as beings and, and, and animals as beings and everything else that's in the universe as a whole. Yeah, I think it almost... In the, it's so funny. Um, and I was going to I was going to play a little excerpt here. Um, this was like a from a radio show. Like I listened to I listened to Power FM obsessively um, growing up in middle <laughs> school and and high school and college and after college. So that Which was the only now. until it got bought out actually a couple years ago. Um, but they played this little guy Ian Taylor was in his name, and he would play these little these little excerpts called Creation Moments. And I'm just gonna play like the beginning of it because it's just so 
precious to me. Did you know that everyone is left-handed? What? Explain on today's creation <laughs> moment. What? <laughs> Wait. And now here's I the am creation too? moment uh, host, Ian Taylor. Taylor. Listen, he has the best actor. I need our listeners to remix this song. You would probably answer with most people that you are right-handed. And while that may be true, you are also left-handed and your life depends upon it. Biologists because have two hands. While the molecules of living things are left-handed. You see, when biological molecules... So, if you, but the thing is, it's like... But, you know, here's... And I didn't actually... The thing is, if you listen to these, he actually gives, like, really interesting factoids about science and nature. But at the end of it, he explains how the, these are arguments for creationism. What are his credentials? I don't know, actually. <laughs> I didn't look into that. But uh, this was, like, March 2011. But the whole point of this, like... That's so long ago. I know. But he... But kind of to his argument, what he would do is he would take these cool concepts in nature and say, this is yet to be explained, and therefore it is an argument for creationism. We have yet to understand. Or this is a, this is an element of intelligent design. So he wouldn't say this is also an argument for evolution? No, no, he didn't. He didn't it fight. was solely creationism. It was all creationism. And okay. so, um, and it was, it, and his stuff was super interesting to learn about because it was, it was based on fact. So it was really cool. Like, if you really listen to it, it was, it was really interesting, um, and I can send the link to you, Jess, if you ever really like spice it into the so we can actually listen to it. It's two minutes. But um but in my opinion, kind of to Jess's to Jess's Jess's point earlier that evolution is a evolving theory, mm-hmm. um, it to accept that fact almost kind of fills in the gaps where creationism can sometimes try to take a foothold. Unless you unless you take a minute and you acknowledge that both can coexist, if they're going to be fighting, I I don't see like I don't I, I I'm going to have to go with saying evolution is just going to be out creationism because if I accept that it is an evolving theory and there are going to be gaps in it. Well, I think that you just made an argument for why they both can cohesively exist as theories because I mean there are gaps in creationism, there are gaps in evolution, so why can't the two kind of cohesively exist to to make a better theory and what would that theory be called if it were to be more of a cohesive creation darwinism yeah but that's the point is that there's not really a theory for the two being joined together right there no there is is. oh there is enlighten me well no intelligent design from my understanding is generally like this the the scientific uh it's it's kind of like this idea of applying science to showing the gaps, right? Which is like those what, what this guy was talking about stuff. Yeah, if you accept that evolutionary theory is evolving itself to maybe eventually fill in those gaps someday, but they don't exist. Well, then we're going fir- firmly into the evolution camp. I think where um, I think where like Christians who find the ability for evolution and creationism to work together, how that works is that they're saying like, hey, I can believe in some parts of evolution, but I can also believe that there is a God, that there is a supreme being that's guiding that process and that God works through Mm -hmm. these evolutionary principles. And see, I kind of feel like that's where my view kind of comes in because I, you know, out of us, I, I do believe in God, but I also do believe that there's no way that I'm fully, I'm fully the spitting image of Adam and Eve, as I discussed earlier. Mm-hmm. So I do believe that evolution plays a theory. And it was interesting because in doing research in preparation for this, you know, even Charles Darwin himself, he never claimed to be an atheist. He actually believed himself to be agnostic because he said himself he could never actually prove that God doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. He said he couldn't definitively say that God isn't if anything, I think that right there is probably the most solid argument that we could. I'm serious. Like, the, well, the, no, the, the, the Darwin himself said right, that. Right, but like, it's, a, it's but the most, people don't take. Anyway, well, sorry, continue. No, you're right. No, no, you, go, you go. You go right ahead. Well, the thing is that Darwin is known for is to he challenged the idea of creationism, which is kind of why he got kind of a villainous name, I think, with the Christian community. I he can challenged agree. it. Yeah, but especially at that time, right? But at the same time, he offered, I think, a gateway for um science for us to advance our scientific knowledge and understanding where we could progress um as as living organisms by understanding how we got here with living organisms that mm-hmm. uh, but he offers a gateway to reconcile those two things and i think that is a contribution that's going to go for a long time yeah. but all i have to say <laughs> like i think the idea 
and the concept that we can neither prove nor disprove the existence of a God. Mm -hmm. And as long as we cannot prove nor disprove the existence of a God, that's always going to be a viable theory um, because and it's not just for and that, that's, but that's yeah. going to be, I think that's the strongest foothold. And that's what Darwin was basically saying. He's like, I can't prove that God exists or doesn't exist. And I will say, one of my most favorite classes was my first year out of high school and in, and in college. And I was terrified because I had never, my graduating class was 19. And there were more people in my first English class in college than there were in my graduating class. So I was terrified. But the professors made it so much more interesting. And my biology professor... My first two years, or my, sorry, not my first two years, my first two semesters at San Jacinto Community College, shout out, uh, <laughs> great, great, great college. Uh, we did a lot of digging. My favorite, my favorite subject during that biology semester was about genetics. And I loved learning about genetics. It was fascinating to me. And I always wondered, why didn't I dive deeper than this in high school? And in later years, I now realize it's because it was just a lot more, it, it's so complex and kind of along the line, not kind of, it is along the lines of evolution that it wasn't as severely taught in my school, my private Baptist Christian school, as it was in my college. But I found that to be my most favorite subject. And I realize now that I think it's because I was fascinated to learn about the evolution of genetics, the evolution of different things like we i mean we went about all kinds of different stuff and the it peas. was no yeah I, I mean we, we we did the thumb thing you yeah, know yeah. We, we did we did the hairline we like we went through all sorts of and i found it so fascinating that maybe had i learned more about it in in school i might have you know pursued it as a possible thing. and i'm not saying i'm that smart but i find it just so fascinating that i love learning about genetics you know, everything from like, you know, the communicable diseases to, to, you know, you know, why some, you know, why twins will have one twin will have blonde hair, one twin will have brown, you know, like just the different ways. And that also is, is a point of evolution mm -hmm. that if we are, you know, truly beings that God created, there's evolution in all kind of our genetic mockups kind of going back to earlier. I'm like, there's so many different skin colors, heights and, and, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, anything about a human that how can you deny that evolution exists within creationism i guess as a whole if that's truly how you believe mm -hmm. and that raises another point that i think is really interesting is that evolution is connected to so many of these other scientific <sighs> subjects right like you have to understand like that process of natural selection to really understand how genetics work it, it kind of dovetails into all of these other aspects of sciences that mm -hmm. we then cut off from the curriculum when we pose to students, well, maybe not, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's disappointing because I feel like there's a lot to explore that who knows who could be influenced by, you know, the, the, the different theories that are out there, but they're being stinted by one particular theory. You know, I feel like I, I, I feel like I missed out in high school because I didn't learn enough about genetics until I got into college and I loved it. Mm -hmm. Loved it. Mm -hmm. Like that was my favorite class. Yeah. Aside from kickboxing because I learned how to kick, you know, Buts. kick some ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like it it was just I got into genetics and I got into my bio, biology class. I could have chosen from like chemistry or biology or different things like that. I specifically chose biology, one, because I heard it was the easiest, but also because I was curious. Um, and my mind was opened. And I was disappointed that I didn't learn more. I had a great science teacher in school. Um, her name is Miss Hunter, and I will call her out because she is a doll of a person. She can do no wrong. She's a genuine human, and she... Anybody who meets her knows that she's just the, the light of every of every place and every conversation. So I fully support the way that she taught because she was also very interested in science. But I do think that the curriculum that she taught was how she had to teach. And, and whether or not she wanted to specifically teach us more, she was stinted by the curriculum that the school that I was at forced her to teach. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's where I was stinted. Not her specifically, but the curriculum. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it totally Sorry, does. I might have gone off on tangent. It but. totally does, because I, I wouldn't have had, I don't know that we would have talked about genetics if I hadn't left that private school right. and then went into a public school where we did talk about it. Um, we did briefly discuss it in high school, but it was not at the same depth as my yeah. college. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to ask another question that connects to this and um, just to frame this a little bit. For me, a big reason, and my mom actually told me this, a big reason why she kept me out of public school for so much was because she didn't want me exposed to evolution. She didn't want me to have to deal with a potential crisis of faith because she, she was certain. Specifically? Yes, because she was concerned that, like, when I learned evolutionary theory and some of the other things that the public school system taught, it would send me into this tailspin of self-questioning. Was she right? Was she right? And so here's my next question, (laughs) and I will eventually answer this myself. Sure. Um, When you eventually did learn about evolutionary theory a little more and like the process of natural selection and like the basics of how it works. Did it send you into some crisis of faith? I feel like I've talked enough. It's Sarah's turn. I mean, you can go ahead. No, I'm good. Go ahead. Cool. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. I'm kind of talking out loud as my brain is comprehending. Okay, sure. Yeah. I'll talk about about my, uh, my experience. So, (laughs) Um, At this point in my life, whenever I was um, confronted with, um, you know, logic, I, I'm sorry, that sounded weird. Wow. I didn't mean like that. Let me rephrase it. Sorry, I meant to say like, because you understand, because I mentioned earlier that my theory was, I had invented this theory, Earth was 7,000 years old, okay, created from clay, and um, so that's what I'm talking about. I'm not- 2,000 Sarah's going to punch you. That's fair. So whenever I was confronted with this, I was I had already developed the habit of um, tuning out, tuning it out. If that makes sense, like Pangea, you mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. Like we had an activity where we like made the continents alliance puzzle pieces, and I was like, that wasn't mentioned in the Bible. I don't know if I believe that either. Swipe off the table. So um, I, I did. It did not spark a crisis of faith in me because I just straight up didn't accept it. I didn't. Whenever it was first taught to me, I just didn't accept it. And uh, my ex-boyfriend, he called me up in a panic because he went to Baylor University. He was taught evolution. He came from a private school. And he was like, Sarah, I need you to tell me evolution isn't real. We were in college. I need you to tell me. He was having a crisis of faith. And oh, I actually, wow. I sure I was like, should I use a fake name? Billy Bob. Billy Bob Jones, Big Bolly, Big Bolly Bob. <laughs> Billy Bob Jones. Just say Billy Evolution Bob. Evolution is just not, it's just not real. It's okay. And he's like, okay, I was just really worried because it's causing me to, you know, question my faith. And I was like, it's okay. It's okay. By the time I had progressed enough, uh, I, I pro- progressed down the line whenever I started like, uh, accepting or cha- allowing myself to challenge my thoughts and belief systems, um, I had already, uh, it, it wasn't such of a panic anymore. My brother coming out as gay was more of a challenge of faith for me than evolution was. Mm. Interesting. I, I, I don't really feel like it challenged my faith because, you know, like I said, I still believe in God and, you know, I, I actively go to church and I go to great church that offers a lot of opportunity to, to, to be relatively open-minded. But <clears throat> I feel like for me, it was more of an open insight to more, um, more theories and more questions and more, I I don't feel like it was a question of faith, but I feel like it more, I am one of those that like the Pope in 1950 or like the Lutheran church, things like that. I am one of those that agrees that they can be um, existent cohesively in, in, in theory, because as I went into that biology class and as I got further into college, the things that I learned didn't denounce what I felt and the faith that I had, but I do feel like they kind of denounced the people who taught me. I feel like they they denounced a lot of the curriculum that I was taught um, growing up in a private school because I realized as I got further into college that the extent of the biology classes and the chemistry classes and the different classes I had in, in high school were only a minute amount of learning to what I actually should have been learning and so I feel like I was more stinted than anything, but I don't feel like it disrupted my own personal faith. I feel like it it opened my mind to God's ability to um, evolve us because I, I I do I do feel like like I said in the Forbes article that I read, you know, th- there's no question as to how the universe is so perfect and how it's structured, but there's also a lot of answer or like there's no answer as to how we became who we are, you know, and so. 
in my mind, it didn't dis- it didn't disrupt my faith, but it expanded my faith a little bit more to include other possibilities that you know we've always we've always just been evolving since since we were created, mm-hmm. whatever time that line that may be. And also to to that point, a lot of these theories and everything you know that we've created are man made, and man is is you know fallible in a lot of ways. So I do feel like I've accepted the fact that some theories are just not always going to be accurate because man wants to constantly question things. And that kind of goes back to me saying that I feel like it's, it's the personal attribute of what a person thinks. But I do, I do think that I've, I <laughs> again, evolved to accept that creationism and evolution can fully uh, exist cohesively. Mm-hmm. And I, and I will think that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Interesting. What about you? Um, so uh, first I want to just say that like my, so my mom had this concern that she would send me to public school. I would learn about evolution and then that would challenge my faith and send me into a tailspin and I would end up leaving the church, which I eventually did. Sure. But what she didn't realize was that my crisis of faith was already going on. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Um, I mean, no, but I want to say that that is true. Cause I, as I've said in previous episodes, I think my crisis of faith probably started around 12, 13 years old. Um, But so it was already going on when I moved to public school. But I also want to say like my crisis of faith was not this thing where it was like I had this crisis and then I made a decision. It was like years and years and years of where I was like, this doesn't feel right to me. This doesn't feel right to me. And then eventually, maybe in my mid-20s, saying, like, I'm sick of existing in this point of uncertainty. Let me just make a working hypothesis for myself and then go for there, from there. So what you're saying is, is that your mom's fear of evolution changing you, is that evolution wasn't the key factor into your own No, decision. it wasn't. Yeah. And, and let me add to Even that. Even has that, that like, been her fear? I honestly, I was <clears throat> not sure if I even believed in a supreme being. For a long time. I got to college. I took that evolution class. I was in some philosophy courses where we were talking about some related things. And honestly, that conversation with the professor, if anything to me, it made space for God. Like, it it made space in a way that I was like, okay, what, what it did tell me and what I was already working to is that, no, I do not believe that the Bible, the creation story, is literally seven days, means the earth was created in seven days, and the earth is 10,000 years old. Like, it helped to firm that up and say, no, I don't, yeah, I don't believe in that anymore. But what it did was it opened up this sense that, like, the earth is just so, like, the earth and the universe and physics and science is just so amazingly complex and so Mm -hmm. beautiful that I love the idea of a God orchestrating that. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it pushed me more in that direction to the point that, like, around that time, it formed up my sense that, okay, maybe I have some issues with my church at home. Maybe I don't believe in this literal interpretation of the Bible, but I do believe in a God. And that's the thing that, like, the fear that surrounded evolution mm-hmm. is so comical to me because I feel like it's more of an exploration as to it and if used in the right term you know a lot of a lot of churches and a lot of private schools can use that as an exploration into creationism by introducing evolution and kind of making a case for like you just said that there is a god but that also this vast thing has been so created and has mm-hmm. come such a long way from, I personally don't know how old the earth is. I don't know that I'm ever going to know. And I don't really care to, to find, I'm just like, I'm here at this point in time. So I'm going to worry about me in this point in time and those that are, that I love around this point in time. But y- you know, people want to keep trying to figure that out. But I think you just kind of made an argument for why evolution maybe should be incorporated into some private schools and, and Christian denominations as a means for, the way that, you know, God's creation has evolved. Mm -hmm. And I think that that would be, me personally, I think that would be healthy Mm -hmm. because it would explain a lot more of who we are now. But Mm -hmm. that's just Mm -hmm. a whole other Mm -hmm. theory. But I find that really interesting. I I really like your approach, and I really find it funny that you're almost so fearful that you were going to only take evolution as the point of theory 
when you also made a case for the two being a little bit more cohesive. Yeah, I think so. And I think there's a lot, like as actually the, st- the stats show, there's a lot of people that see that they can work together. But yeah, this like this fear, like this fear that is going to cause a crisis of faith. You remember Pokemon? We oh. talked about this at oh, the beginning gosh. of the episode. Oh, gosh. You know what led to like banning of Pokemon in some Christian circles? A child stopped another child for his Poke cards. What? There was a kid that got beat up for a for I think it was a like a foil. Card. Yeah, it was a foil Charmander, probably. I don't know. I don't I know. Don't, yeah, no. I, I thought it, honestly, I thought, and I. I don't know, maybe evolution. It's evolution. Oh, like, I remember that. You're not wrong. Evolved. You're not wrong because I do remember we couldn't bring Pokemon cards to my yeah. school. Um, I think I just, uh, I don't remember it. Be- I, I think I remember it vaguely being there just like, it's unnatural. Mm-hmm. But I also I remember them being like, you just can't play anything in school. You're not supposed to be. You're supposed to be learning. But I do remember that being part of the program. I remember that being, that, that was a sermon in church and there was like three points. Mm-hmm. And one was because Pokemon meant pocket monsters. The other one was it was made by Magic the Gathering, like the distribution company for Magic the Gathering. Oh, therefore yeah. affiliated with an evil company that believes in magic. Yeah, and, and Dungeons the, and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is going to be evolution. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we I had the, the same exact part. sermon, yeah. which makes me think that somewhere there is a focus on the family article. <laughs> <laughs> Pokemon that it, that influenced hundreds of pastors oh. to also have the same idea. Yeah. I'm just like this is you know look do your own research. I'm sorry. Look, <laughs> pastors, do your own research. Don't let somebody else influence you if you feel like you can also. I don't know if any pastors this is doing research. <laughs> this is breaking my heart. But that's what I'm saying is like that that in itself. Do your own research. I loved this, that was so funny. That's to a me. quick segue. I this is this is like finding out that the person that wore the Barney costume like molested somebody that went or got arrested for oh, a DUI. You just took a dark turn. Like I know, but like hearing like focus on the family, I loved focus on the family like they were the they were the sh- the radio show that did jungle jam and friends mm-hmm. i was obsessed you two listened to that way more than i did it was my so mom good. my mom would let me listen to christian radio but that was about it i don't I, and and there would be little excerpts of focus on the family but they like my mom wouldn't we wouldn't actively listen to full-blown or read full-blown articles focus on the family we should do a podcast just on focus on the we family. really do oh right gosh there. no I, that'd be so much fun the empire of the focus, empire. On, the family. <laughs> focus on the family Oh what God. about or Christian the radio in general? What, who's the dude that comes on uh, ABC in the mornings on Sundays? The um, what's his name? I can't remember. Anyways, the the old white dude. <laughs> I don't remember. Anyway, anyways, we'll, I see the face. I do. I know. I can see the face too. I can't. That's what. That's how much I care about him. Is I can only see his face. I and I want to punch it. But I feel like I, I I do feel like I remember evolution being cons- like co- like in conjunction with Pokemon mm-hmm. and why Pokemon was bad. But I I think I was too young to really mm-hmm. understand like why Pokemon was bad. Mm-hmm. I wasn't as into it as other people, but I was just like eh, it's it's just a fun game, mm-hmm. right? As mm-hmm. all games are right now, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it's all like it it doesn't it only influences those that want to be influenced by it. But I feel like. It was such a ridiculous thing to... Who tied it to evolution? Who tied it to... The translators. There was evolution. They, well, they, they used the word, um, you know. He evolved. evolved. Yeah. It was super effective. Which is not wrong. <laughs> That's not an accurate. super effective. <laughs> and what's funny is Digimon not did not accurate. catch the same amount of flack at all. No, Digimon was... But they're the same was, thing. But and they did the evolve. story. They digivolved. The evolve is still in that mm, phrase. But it's digital. <laughs> <laughs> you can't... That's so stupid. I'm sorry. Okay. So let's clo- let's wrap this up, and I've got one question for us in closing. Go okay, for it. so if you could go back to your younger self, who is still hearing that word evolution and thinking people who believe in evolution probably going to hell, <laughs> what would you tell your younger self about it? First, I would say, younger self. Please, please do not wear a belt of a scarf. <laughs> Stop that shit. It's not cool. 
<laughs> try to try to help her out, right? Um, and I mean, I, I, I think I would I would probably encourage myself. Like I'm not I'm not going to try to persuade my younger self to to not believe in evolution. Uh, or not believe in creationism at that age for a lot of reasons. Um, probably the biggest one being, it, I think it provided me such a strong will to, um, because I mean, I did, I wasn't swayed by what other people said, even if it, even if it was from a teacher, like I just, it didn't sway my opinion. So I'm not going to sit there and try to encourage myself to, um, I mean, you could take that as good or bad, but I think that that has provided many benefits for me. So I like the way that it turned out. But one thing that I tell myself for sure um, is is to be open minded and not attack other people for them believing differently than you. Like they're not worse of a person if they believe in this theory, because I don't think there can be any harm in telling one's past self to just be kinder to people and to just look at them with open minds, open hearts and acknowledge that. We don't know. We don't know all the answers and that's okay. Like we could be wrong and let's pretend like let's behave as though we don't know that we're right. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like mine would be the same. I, I I feel like I would want to tell myself to um, ask questions mm-hmm. if I actually had them. Um, you know, it, I feel like I would also be uh, less critical of those that believed in something else. And that's something that came with experience and with age. There was a point in high school where I realized that I was being really judgy. And I looked at myself and said, well, I want to be judged by by these people the same way. So I actively made a choice to, a conscious choice to not judge others and to be kinder to others. Had I done that sooner, maybe I would have been a little bit more open-minded. Who knows? But I would tell myself to to be open to the idea that both can be possible and kind of it, like if I were to literally go back in time and say, hey, evolution and creationism, they can both be possible. I'd want to see what kind of <laughs> questions I would ask the teacher or what the reaction would be in my classrooms. Kind of, you know, evoking others in the class to also think for themselves. If I were the one to ask that question, mm-hmm. I don't think I would have been given those opportunities considering my school. But I would like to think that I would try, if I were to tell myself, ask questions. Can evolution and creationism also exist? Because I'd like to, I, I, I would be curious to know what my teachers would think and what my classmates would think and what those that I was around would think. Now I might have gotten in trouble for some of those questions. <laughs> um, but I'd like to think that I would evoke uh, a lot more creativity. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I think you both said basically what I was going to say. Yeah. Oh, look at um, us. But yeah, but let me, I guess, let me just kind of add and recap a little bit. Like if I could, if I could go back to my younger self, I would tell myself that there are other churches that don't think the way that your church does. There are so many different ways of interpreting the Bible and how it works with science and don't. Like, just, just, there are many ways to be a Christian, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. And not all of them are the way that you are being taught right now. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like that. Like, there's many ways to be a Christian, and not all of them are the way you're being taught. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a powerful statement. Um, I think that opens up a lot of gates for for a variety of beliefs within this, this religion. Mm-hmm. And if the goal is that people believe in God then why try to denounce the way that they believe in God? Mm-hmm. If it's there's true. different ways to be a Christian, then why try to tell somebody how to be their own personal Christian if you don't even know how mm-hmm. it stands for yourself? Mm-hmm. Ooh. That's powerful. <laughs> I, I know, I'm getting chills. I, 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 I'm just thinking, you know. <laughs> it's true, though. I it's could true. go into, that, that could be a whole other topic, like a lot mm-hmm. of things we say on this podcast, but, um, y- you know, who are you to tell somebody how to be Christian whenever mm-hmm. it's yours? versus how somebody else views God in their own minds. We all have different faiths. We all have different ways that we view the world. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's beautiful. I think that is part of how, you know, God made us is to be a little bit individualistic. Mm -hmm. Because if we were all to be the same, then wouldn't we all just be clones like of Adam and Eve? Mm -hmm. I think it'd be really funny to believe that God, like I'm almost like a forgotten science project. (laughs) (laughs) 
but that's but, a, that's I a whole mean, other theory. <laughs> yeah. Like that that the idea that there was a there was a god that created life, and then he hasn't uh, intervened since. And then the other idea is that God created life, and then he guided it to where we are today. Another one is that God, you know, is a visceral part of our daily lives. Um, and then some that just don't believe in God at all. But whatever you believe, I think there's there's room for it. I think there's room for it. So I feel like this is a really wonderful place to wrap this up. Yeah. Um, again, I want to thank all of our wonderful listeners for listening. Um Please, please tell us. Please tell us what you please think about these episodes. Us. Reach out to us. Tell us about your experiences. Ask us your questions. Constructive correct, criticism. Correct the things that we get wrong. Mm-hmm. We would love you to do that so that we can figure out our blind spots and fix them. Otherwise, this podcast wouldn't wouldn't grow to be better right. with each episode, if okay. not for those that... And, and, and sh- Sarah? <laughs> Listen... These two are asking for constructive criticism. I only want praise. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't want praise. No, you can we, have praise. We want praise. I don't want. But just, you guys already praise me, so that's fine. But I. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, tell us we're beautiful. Yes. Tell us how gorgeous <laughs> it's a we are. Show. Anyway, um, look There's at our cover picture. art. Look at our cover exactly. art. Tell us how beautiful we are. So, <laughs> in all, ser- in all seriousness, we genuinely want to hear opinions. We want to be corrected because otherwise, we're going to keep talking nonsense that we think is accurate. And and without you know more research and other opinion, it wouldn't be possible to also evolve this podcast. Exactly. You can reach us at three sheltered girls at gmail That's all spelled out three sheltered girls at gmail.com and please um rate us on itunes follow us on spotify engage with us wherever else you are finding us and tell uh your friends about us tweet you, about us if yeah. you do you could win one thousand dollars stop it you Sarah. dare you're the one footing that bill you're footing that bill i ain't got this is a team effort no absolutely not